Hey everyone, welcome back to Love Essie, the podcast. This is episode 50, and this week I'm talking about Have a merry, happily ever after. Pretend I could sing right there for a moment. Let's all just pretend that I could sing. Even if you're like, actually, you couldn't. Shh. Just pretend. Anyway, I'm talking about romance. You know, at Christmas time, aka Christmas time romance. I read three novellas and one short, and I actually really, really enjoyed them. And you're probably like, why did you say actually? Because I normally don't gravitate to holiday themed um, romances. I mean, I'm never like, it's Christmas time. I can't wait to read my holiday themed whatever. Um, when I had read uh, Tiffany Rice's incredible holiday trio, Harlequin holiday trio, I was like, oh, but usually I don't go out seeking Christmas time romance because it's Christmas or how I don't do that. And so the fact that I've read this many in such a short in such a short time period is like I'm like, ooh, interesting. Um, but I also really, really enjoyed them and thought that they were really wonderful. Um one is coming out on Tuesday, December eighth. Um the other came out, I think, earlier this month, and it's a Kobo exclusive. Um, another has been out for a while, and the short uh, literally just came out a few days ago. Three days ago? Four days ago. Mm, I want to say Friday, December 4th, but I could be wrong. Anyway, I'm going to regale you with the joy and the love that I found in these wonderful three novellas and a short. All right, get ready, get set. I'm coming right back. Hey, so first I'm going to talk to you guys about Jackie Lau's Her Pretend Christmas Date, which is um, a Cider Bar Sister Series novella out December 8th, 2020. So the podcast comes out December 7th, Tuesday, the day right after this novella will be out. So in this novella, we've got uh, Julie and Tom. And Julie and Tom have some fake dating going on. And I think it's a really like, there's some fake dating and one bed. Now, if you've ever listened to me, or you follow me on the social medias, on the interwebs, you know that I love one bed. I am fascinated by the one bed trope because I always am just like, how is this going to play out? Are they both going to sleep in the bed? Are they going to do like the, is he going to be gallant and be like, you take the bed, I'll take the floor, the couch, the chair, the chaise, whatever. How does it play out? Do they actually have fun, sexy times that first time in the one bed? Does it come later? Like, what, what, how will this one bed propel the story forward? We don't know. And there are so many ways that it can go, right? And also, what kind of bed is it? A regular size bed, right? A queen, a full, a double, a California extra large king, a twin, a single, a cot, what 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 does it look like? Is it high off the ground? Is it a loft? We don't know. 
And so there's so much that you can do with one bed. So in this case, we've got fake dating, right? And Julie's all like, Tom, please be my fake boyfriend for the family at the Christmas time. And then there's one bed. It's wonderful. Now, I don't want to like spoil it because like it's coming out Tuesday and you're probably going to be like, ma'am, why? But I will say this. If you've ever read Jackie Lau, you're going to love it. If you haven't read Jackie Lau, please, I beg of you, read this. She does humor, I think, really, really well. Um, there are people out there who are like, I read, who are people bill them as rom-com authors. <laughs> I am here to tell you, Jackie Lau legit, truly, honestly is a rom-com author. I laugh when I'm reading, okay? I'm highlighting like, this was funny, this was witty, this was funny, this was witty, all throughout. Like, she really does get such humor so well in her books like again if you haven't read you must you must because it really I don't want to go into it too much but it is good it is very good and I really like Julie and Tom oh and (laughs) Tom is a bit of a stern hero or male main character whichever term you prefer and i liked it there were moments where i was like "Ooh, dumb you went from seeming like a mild-mannered man to being like this is what you're gonna do and i was like oh yes yes tell her tell her um so yes it's a absolutely wonderful novella and i really loved the characters i liked julie's family but i really really liked julie and tom and how they go from fake dating to like having real feelings for each other um and of course you know one bed shenanigans because one bed so that's you know one of the first novellas then um i was like i'm gonna pause but i'm not i'm gonna go talk to you about the next one the next one is out already it's a kobo exclusive and you might be like what does that mean what it means is that it is exclusive to kobo you're like esther i don't have a kobo that's okay like kindle kobo has a reading app that you can download for free and then you can read anything that is kobo exclusive through the kobo reading app and in case you're like i still don't know what you're talking about um the book is called Wrapped Up in You by Talia Hibbert. Again, if you've listened to me, you know that I love Talia Hibbert, right? Just like I love Jackie Lau, I love Talia Hibbert. This novella, this Christmas novella is absolutely adorable. This isn't her only Christmas novella. She has another one, Mary Inkmas, I believe. Yes. Uh, the hero, the, the, the main character guy in that is <laughs> deliciously covered in tattoos. Anyway, and this one, right, we've got um, Abby and Will. And this is a best friends to lovers, right? So this is a different trope, right? It's not a one bed, although they are at the same house for the, I mean, duh, like you, none of these are like, we are a million miles apart. No, they're in the same house, her grandma's Scottish farm. So again, now this one's out, so I could be like, I can spoil it because it's out, but I'm not going to go like ham on spoiling it. But these are two best friends who have been in love with each other, except, you know, 
life happens life happens so will has finally decided that this is the christmas where he is going to be in abby's orbit so that she can see him as a potential right and then of course there are shenanigans there are so many cats in this one um one who i remember there the two names i distinctly remember dumpling because oh my god so cute and gravy because gravy leaves the house to give birth to her kittens outside in a blizzard because gravy has no sense i i'm not sure what's happening there because part of me is like i mean if it was summertime i would get it it's cold girl you were in a warm house what were you thinking anyway i don't know cats like that but yeah it's got cats it's got two best friends trying to like navigate what seems like an impossible impossible scenario it's one of those like they can't possibly feel this way about me and the other person's like they can't possibly feel this way about me and you're reading like what actually you both feel this way about each other so look what are you two doing but it's got cats and it's cute and i really liked will will is someone who has worked really hard to understand both his strengths and his weaknesses and he he is accepting of who he is he's accepting of you know his flaws he is accepting of you know what he's good at um and i really appreciated seeing that in a male main character i was like yes you understand yourself and know that you can offer the best of yourself to this woman that you're in love with and i i really 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 was like oh my god yes yes um so that's the you know novella number two now novella number three um, would be Robin Carr's A Virgin River Christmas. Now, I've never read Robin Carr before. Apparently, the Virgin, R- R- the Virgin River series, at least part of it, is on Netflix. Also didn't know this. Um, like, I, this was recommended by Reed's Romance as, like, a holiday-themed romance. And I was like, I've read a few other of her recommendations that she um, posts on Twitter and lies on Instagram. So sorry, friends. She posts them on Instagram. And every single time I've been like, ooh, this was good. Ooh, ooh, she does know what she's talking about. Okay, all right, yes. So I was like, you know what? The library has this. Let me just, let me just start reading. Now, what I think is, um, wait, before I get into that. So Marcy and Ian, um, we've got one bed and forced proximity. Now, what I think is really interesting is the way in which this is written I don't know that I would like this writing style with other authors. I don't know. I'm bad at telling you if it's like first person, present, whatever. I don't know. Um, But there were moments where I was like, I don't know about the syntax about this. Or maybe that's the wrong word. Anyway, but it it kept pulling me in. Now, this is probably the most um, serious feeling of the ones I read. Um... Ian saved Marcy's husband when they were both Marines in the war in Fallujah. And then um, three years later, Marcy's husband ends up passing away. You know, he had, you know, such grave injuries that he was paralyzed, you know. So it's not like 
it's still Christmas time, but it does have a very different sort of feel to it. This one's a little more like, ooh. Um, it is very much one of those like, she's going to look for him. And he's, you know, living the hermit life because he's um, not a physically wounded um, veteran. But definitely an emotionally wounded veteran. But I really enjoyed it um, in the sense that Marcy and Ian really are two people who both need to sort of grow. And the way that they grow together in this, you know, after they come in contact with it. And Marcy is stubborn as hell, but so is Ian and seeing them, you know, navigate what like life looks like. Especially since, you know, she spends so long searching for him. Oh, the other thing that I thought, I feel like, not always, but in some of the romances I've read. Well, no, let me, how do I put this? This romance was very clear of like, a lot of these characters are not rolling in dough. No one is a billionaire. No one is related to a billionaire. No one um, is friends with a billionaire. There are no billionaires. Like, this wasn't like, you know, this is like, there was conversations about money and not having enough and needing to save and where you cut corners and stuff, which I sometimes see in romance and I sometimes don't, and I don't care, but it was interesting, or not interesting, wrong word. I did enjoy the fact that this wasn't about like, rich, wounded veterans, which may not exist, I don't know. But that this did, like, definitely spoke about the realities of, you know, not having a shit ton of money to just be like, and I could just, like, no. Um, And yet, like, and I also don't want it to be like, oh, and then, you know, it was like being poor is like, you know, no. But it was, you know... It felt very realistic, especially right now where, you know, the world is crazy and a lot of people are unemployed and like, like, there's just the way that things work in this story. I was like, okay, this, this is very, very vivid and real. It doesn't feel like, well, in a fictional world, true, but in a real world, no, it felt very like, yes, like. Virgin River felt like a place that exists somewhere in the wilds of... Is it supposed to be California? I don't remember. I think so. Gotta... No, I feel like I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Anyway. Yeah, I don't remember. But I did... I did very much enjoy... Um this couple and them coming together and the forced proximity and the one bed which wasn't even really a bed because he had like a sofa so it was even like he had the one sofa mm. yes friends like sir you don't even have a real bed what but he in the woods i mean who has a real whole ass bed in the woods you're gonna be like actually and i'll be like shh don't ruin the magic of the story with the the truth and then last, but most certainly 
not least is Underneath the Mistletoe by, I don't know if it's Meko or Miko. We're going to go with Miko Mitchell. Um, And this is a short. It's on Wattpad. Um, I follow this author on the Twitters and she was like, I'm posting this short. And I was like, okay. And then I clicked and I read it and I read underneath the mistletoe and I was like, oh, ma'am, where is the rest? Give me more. I do think that it is absolutely wonderful and I love it. And I've read it now twice. We'll probably read it again wonderful job um in this one we've got brianna and carson and this is fake dating and best friends to lovers so if you've been paying attention right um the tropes that we're seeing best friends to lovers fake dating um one bad forced proximity we see this these sprinkled throughout these four stories so brianna and carson are pretending to be together and she's in love with him and then as we continue to read we find out that he's been in love with her too i feel like we as a reader realize that a lot sooner than brianna does then she finally gets with the program there's you know it's absolutely fantastic and i think really captures um really captures i think the fake because so in 2020 about to be 2021 you might be like well what's the purpose of fake dating you know like why would people pretend to be with someone else but there are so many reasons right and whether it is to get your fam often it is for familial whatever and it's like is it to get your family off your back or to get them on board um but I like the, you know, in in the two instances um, that I read, both seem lo- like I'm not like, this is weird. I'm like, no, I can see how you would make this decision. And in the case of Underneath the Mistletoe, the reason Brianna believes that they're fake dating isn't really the reason that they're fake dating. But Carson hasn't really told her the real reason. Like, she finds out, you know. Um, and I'm just like, oh, I, I like that that she th- believed they were fake dating for reason X. But Carson's like, yeah, actually, it was for reason Y. And she's just like, wait, wait, what? Hold up. Really? Um, so no, I really, really enjoyed Underneath the Mistletoe, but I'm calling her Miko Mich- Mitchell. She's going to be all like, Esther, it's Meko. And I'm going to be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I don't have pronunciation guide. Eh, sorry. Um, but yes, so those are the four um, holiday, sorry, Christmas themed romances that I read this week. Now I want to, I'm going to take a pause here and then I want to really go into how the holidays sort of play into these um, stories. Um, so don't go far. I'll be right back. Hello, I've returned. It's been a whole seven seconds. I don't know. Um, it's been time, but not that much time. Anyway, so Christmas time. Romance novels. 
Oh my God. There are many of them. Now, I'm not the kind of person who's like, oh my God, I can't wait for the holidays to come around so I can watch Hallmark Christmas movies. Uh, I suck at that. I'm just like, yeah, no, don't want to. Um, but these these four, these three novellas in the short, use the holiday, the Christmas holiday, I think in really interesting ways, at least interesting to me. You might be like, Esther, really interesting? Where? I'll be like, well right here so in um underneath the mistletoe right so first of all title right underneath the mistletoe immediately what what is mistletoe right it's that plant or whatever the hell that you're supposed to kiss underneath it right like two people who are trapped underneath it are supposed to kiss so already based on the title we're thinking aha there will be kissing i mean at bare minimum because like what else are you doing underneath the mistletoe i mean you could get up to a lot underneath the mistletoe but you know at the very bare minimum kissing in this the holiday right is a time where brianna and carson are going to be pretending pretending that they are a committed couple who are happily happily in love but they are quote they are pretending right so there's the tension there's the conflict of like okay we have to pretend for your family but what does that really mean for each of the characters now we were really mainly in the point of view i feel like we mainly spend um most of our time in brianna's point of view and she's kind of like you know i can't let him know the truth like but I, i'm you know obviously not gonna let my best friend down and so the stakes maybe feel a little bit higher because this is the time of year where people get together and there are memorable moments. They can be really happy moments. They can be really terrible moments. They can be, you know, all of the in-betweens. But this is a time where, you know, things can spark or or fizzle or die. Um, and so the tension between Brianna and Carson isn't just like regular everyday tension it's like oh it's this tension between us during this really sort of momentous time and your family is around and how do we navigate that and maybe they both secretly have hopes and obviously have dreams and it Christmas can be a time where you're like maybe this will be the time the year where what I really, really want comes true. Or, you know, maybe this is the time where I have to finally let go because this isn't working or whatever. And so I think, like, you know, because is it possible that the same, the whole story could have been set and then you take away the Christmas aspect of it and they're just um, pretending to be boyfriend and girlfriend for family, but not around a specific event yeah you could do it but i feel like doing it around christmas time adds a little more of that like i was gonna say ooms. no i feel like it does up the stakes a bit in that like you know this is such a a it's seen as such an important time to spend with family and that already ramps up the pressure 
because it's like we want to make this good because we're spending it with family and then on top of that i was like and we're fake dating but i'm in love with him but what she doesn't know is that he's in love with her but you know like we figured that out well before she does also carson gets to use some of the trappings of the holiday season to try and sort of like push the story forward to where he needs it to go you know he has he's ready to you know go where he wants to go and he's able to be like you know buy things like mistletoe aka the title right and you know you can then like oh and you know what i also thought of I don't believe she mentions like the the physical setting in terms of like what town but thinking of like you live in the northeast right the sun is setting at you know 2 45 p.m it's like it feels like the sun is setting i'm at like 4 30 4 30 it feels like midnight so the the glow of lights uh, whether they're it's candles or christmas tree lights or just like the coziness of the season the warmthness of the season is all um in the story because we know it's set in that time period setting this same story for example in january january is a lot more stark things are very different right christmas and the holidays have just ended maybe everyone's broke maybe everyone's on like you know, a, um, what is the world? What is the word when everyone's like, I need to get healthy, a wellness kick, right? Everyone. So then the, the dynamics of the story are going to be different, are going to feel different. Whereas by having said it at Christmas time, there's just this feeling of like warmthness. I don't know how else to put it. There's just like the cozy, warm feeling of, of, the season of being wrapped up in the warm embrace of love um so i think that really you know gives it that extra like yumminess that's probably the wrong word but whatever we're gonna run with it okay we're gonna run with yumminess um and then because then you're like oh okay um but i feel like this is the case for like when we look at the other three novellas um in a virgin river christmas one of the things that really stuck out to me is there's this tree that uh, is decorated that is because it's decorated in red white and blue it's very much a remembrance a memoriam a sort of you know uh symbol of all these veterans because Virgin River apparently is populated by lots of ex-Marines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And again, at Christmas time, that's when you put up a tree. That's when you decorate it. You would not be doing this on, you know, September 27th. Like, no. You don't have that same kind of symbolism happening around Labor Day, around Halloween, um, even around Remembrance Day or Veterans Day, depending on which country you're in. Um... The, the, tr- the tree is really, you know, uh, obviously a symbol of Christmas time. And they go, the town goes to a lot of work to find the perfect topper. And it's like this beacon of light. 
you know, sort of like bringing, you know, you know, sort of like a shining beacon either to be like, you know, this is a place you can come to be accepted to, you know, here's the light leading you home or all of these things. Um, And so in this one, Ian and Marcy, because this book starts before Christmas. She technically misses Thanksgiving in the process of the book. And then, you know, um, so this starts well before that, you know, you, when you start reading the book, you don't think at all that Marcy's going to be around Ian in this town come Christmas time because she's going to come in. She's going to talk to him. She's going to basically find closure, all this jazz and be out, right? She's, you know, wants to let this man know, you know, you were my husband's best friend. Thank you for everything you did. He has passed, et cetera, et cetera. And as, you know, time goes on and we're starting to see, you know, everything getting warmer for Christmas and not warm in terms of weather, but just like that feeling of everyone working together. But it's also interesting because in this one, the weather, you know, really does play a factor. Um, They're basically in the woods. You got to help your neighbor out if you can. And Ian starts the book out as, I wouldn't say that he's Ebenezer Scrooge, no. But he's a hermit, you know, mountain man. And that's how he sort of starts out the book. And by the end of the book, he is once again ready to, you know, quote unquote, rejoin society. Not necessarily like, and now I'm going to party every weekend. No, but he's ready to be open and available to help and be helped, right? Um, not just help others, but also accept help and figure something out with Marcy and see where they can go. And again, I think the season really plays into that, right? Because again, the season is about connection and family and and ties that bind and he is a character who is really, really alone, right? He has no relationship with his father and it isn't like he's stubborn. His father's terrible. And that never really changes. At no point is it like, but there was, no, his father was just a shitty person because they exist. There are people who are just shit, literally. And that's who his dad was. So he doesn't have, you know, a, a father. He doesn't have a relationship with his only living parent. His mother has passed. His former fiance was kind of garbage she was really more excited about wedding than like what was going on with him and he's an only child and he's no longer the marines and his best friend you know who he did save but is paralyzed you know was paralyzed from the neck down has passed and so he is such an he is so alone right and so when you start the book ian has no one i mean to the point that no one no she keeps looking for him and she can't find him because no one's seen him that's it's not that no one's seen him it's that you know the way in which he's navigated things up until now very few people would know who he was so again the christmas aspect of it comes into play in that the simple things of like you know a tree lighting do have an impact right You know, maybe we think of tree lightings as being silly or 
maybe they're not that important or they're not that necessary. But we also don't know how the simple act of taking something and lighting it and letting people know that you acknowledge their existence and you are thankful for their existence, how someone can see that and be like, oh, wow, you know, I'm not just a waste of space on earth, but a productive member of society, even if I've been thinking otherwise, or even if I didn't realize that I was hiding myself away because I didn't feel worthy of attention of connection of you know bonds and again I really liked how it played out um especially because both Marcy and Ian you know are because you might be like wow she falls in love with her dead husband's best friend right which I feel like that's a trope like when you read like military romances I feel like there's often that like the widow and the best friend fall for each other and some people are cool with that and some people are like oh hell no except in this case like he doesn't have any family to say anything and her family and her dead husband's family absolutely love her and even you know wanted her to you know go out there because they understood that like what had happened wasn't obviously her fault and she's mad young and all this stuff and so it doesn't feel like sorted or we it feels like these are two people but it also doesn't feel like it's a trauma bond like we have connected because we're bonding over the fact that we lost like no it feels like two people who are where they meet in the present end up being right for each other would they have been right for each other had they met before no they weren't the people that they are now and i mean she was in love with her husband and he you know had his own life and they would have probably just been friends but the, the people that they are when they meet now with her husband having passed and him having lost basically everyone those people work really well for each other and having the backdrop of Christmas and what the season means like again I feel like does that whole upping the stakes a bit because again this isn't happening you know July 17th where it's like well there's no like holiday but everything you know and then you don't have like oh I also thought about this when you have Christmas time set in places where there are snow you can then use snow to trap people in places with only one bed and then you go forest proximity and then of course you know things happen because you know you trapped and and you might be like ah esther so you're saying you know snowstorms or snow days or being snowed in leaves to fucking i mean not always immediately i mean at some point probably but like at first it can be like the emotional you know um ooh, what was i gonna say the emotional temperature in the room in the space between these characters can start to shift it can go from outright frigid to warm and warmer and then to blazing <laughs> because you know it's cold outside <laughs> 
baby, it's cold outside. Um, keep me warm. But, you know, the, the, the danger of nature and all that she may or he may, whatever they may bring can also, you know, again, it ups, it ups the stakes. It makes it a little more like, oh, oh no, how are they going to make this work? Because you can't just like leave the mountain because there's snow everywhere. And again, this now f- the whole Snowden, all of that doesn't have to have, have doesn't have to happen around Christmas time, right? Because in January, February, you know, March, depending on where you are, April, depending on where you are, May to have the snow, but you don't have you know the whole the the background of this holiday that's about love and connection and community. So having it in the background adds another sort of layer right and in this case right Ian is not just finding a woman who he loves in Marcy but he's finding that he can become a part of a community that he can be someone who can be counted on and he can count on others and that is so much in that sort of the theme of the season now, in Jackie Lyle's Her Pretend Christmas Date, which is out again, December 8th, 2020. So, Tuesday, friends, Tuesday. Uh, Julie and Tom decide to, well, Julie basically has lies to her parents and so she has a boyfriend. And then, you know, basically is like Tom. And then they're like, we want to meet him because, of course, your parents are going to want to meet your fake boyfriend who you've talked up about. Um, and she asked Tom, and I thought was was really interesting, is like she asked him, thinking that he's gonna be like, girl, no. And he's like, okay. And she's like, wait, you said yes. Right? Which I think is like like that's one of those, those like those moments where you're like like sort of laughing because it's like it seems like such an outlandish thing to ask that you're like, I'm gonna ask and they're gonna obviously say no. And then at least I will have asked and then whatever. And then he surprises her and I feel like even the reader and I was like, no, yeah, that's totally fine. And you're like, wait, what skirt? How? Why would you say yes? And then his reason, again, I feel like clutches at the emotions, right? It's because he doesn't want to spend Christmas alone. Now, He's not an orphan. He has parents, but he has a family. They are going to be spending Christmas with a family member who is ill. And so that totally changes things. And so he will now be spending Christmas alone and he's an only child. And so all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow. Right. Julie asked him because she was like, ha ha ha. I want to, you know, prove my parents wrong. And you're saying yes for this other reason. So again, if you said this novella at a different time that wasn't Christmas, what would be the reason for bringing him up? Right, because it wouldn't be for the holidays. It might be like, oh, you've talked about him for three months. We want to meet him, but then you have to come up with a reason to bring him. And then he would probably have been inclined to say no, maybe, because his main reason for saying yes was not wanting to spend the holidays alone. But if it's not the holiday season, he is he going to say yes? Maybe, maybe not. Now, once they're home, right, um, he gets, because what was also interesting is um, she's from a small town. And so he's kind of like, I'll get to see what Christmas is like in a small town, as opposed to the big city. And 
they do, you know, Christmas activities and in doing these things and spending time together and, you know, participating and the crazy thing their parents asked them to, his, her, wow, her parents, because his parents are there, the crazy thing her parents asked him to do. You can see how they both start to see each other differently, how they both start to be like, the impression that I had of you, that first impression that had me writing you off as an option is changing and it's changing quickly, changing dramatically. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're going from not being an option to being the only option. And I think, again, having the holiday, the Christmas time, the, you know, that in the as your setting really is like helpful right this is this one set right in Canada um they live in Toronto and she's from a small made-up town called Ashton Corners and so again snow plays a part not you know being snowed in but like doing stuff in the snow there's ice skating um which I think is like you know fun um and very quintessential like Canadian um and so the because Julie and Tom right when we first meet them are they don't seem like they they would work like I was kind of like what no I don't think so and yet once we're you know in sort of the middle of the story I'm like oh wait oh wait what we all forgot and what they both forgot is that people are complex people have you know, um, layers or, um, yeah, layers is a good word to their personality. No one is just one thing. And so now due to fake dating and one bed and it's a, it's a single. So legit like, Ooh, girl, um, they're seeing these other facets of each other's personality. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, so that initial impression, girl no I was it was a no but now but now I I, is it a maybe is is it is it a maybe yes is it a yes is it a hell yeah oh my god feelings where do they come from how do they show up they came on the wing of a bird no I'm kidding um they happen because they get to spend this time you know, not only just pretending, but seeing like, oh, what I thought was weird is now making sense. Or, oh, things are different, but I like it. And what I, and so really, again, I cannot say enough good things about this novella that is out on Tuesday. But I, um, that's my radiator, guys that just out of nowhere decided to join the convo how dare you look at her she's just like i'm here to just like and you know fuck things up anyway um i'm going to pause here and then i'll come back and talk about the other one and hopefully the radiator will have shut the fuck up okay my radiator calmed down again i guess you know she just felt the need to be so much anyway and wrapped up in you by talia hibbert 
we see okay so will and abby are just like oh my god um and what i what i enjoyed about this obviously so the holiday season is very very important because when we start the book or when we when we're reading we find out that will you know is an actor living in hollywood but he comes home to the uk right to spend Christmas with Abby and her brothers and his mom, her mom, and her grandma. So clearly, if it wasn't Christmas time, would Will be there? No, he'd be in Hollywood. So would this be a story? No, girl. Because this ain't no long distance nonsense. This is, we, we, we need them. We need these friends who are going to admit their feelings to be in the same place. And so clearly, having... Now, is it possible that it could have been set around her birthday maybe he comes home for her birthday or or his birthday maybe he comes home and is like i want to spend my birthday with you yes but definitely christmas time makes sense because it's like this is something that they do they spend the holidays together because it's not just the two of them where there might be like it's like all of their like it's his mother her mother her brothers, right? And she's a twin and her twin brother is also best friends with Will and her grandmother, right? Whose house or farmhouse they're at. So clearly Christmas is necessary for that. Again, as I've been saying, you know, the whole, the theme of like love, connection, community, you know, all of that. But I think also, um, Christmas for Abby and Will, right? Um, This is where Abby, who's a very sort of prickly character, this is the one time of year where she's just like, but I really like enjoy this, right? And that, that I really connected with because I feel like I'm one of those people who, I worked in retail many, 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 many years, like I want to say 12 to 15 years. Christmas music, I think last year was the first year that I was able to sort of listen to Christmas music and not want to burn out my eyeballs, stab out my eardrums, um, and commit ritual suicide. Um, You're probably like, that sounds extreme, Esther. Yeah, and that's how I felt for a really long time, uh, Christmas music. And so there's this weird, like, ew, the season, gross, but also like, oh, the season, family, love it. And we see that. But also in this one, right, Christmas isn't like, well, I was going to say Christmas isn't like this terrible time. And people like, no, like, this is a joyous occasion. But what's really interesting is how Will is like, okay, I'm going to start to do the thing now and see how it plays out. And then how obviously, you know, he has a plan and then nothing goes to plan because plans, plans, please. Um, But without it having been a Christmas time, again, it would still be a good story because I really enjoyed the characters, but we don't get that same, like, 
oh my god christmas miracle kind of feeling right which i think is also really nice in the case of like um the friends to lovers it's like get that feeling of like at christmas like ah at such a wonderful time of the year the truth of how y'all really feel comes out just to make things even brighter and cheerier and filled with so much glee it's sickening um but again like amazing and so i mean truly for this one i'm like if it wasn't christmas he wouldn't be there um but i think it's also like maybe the one time of year that abby probably it would be most open as a character as opposed to other times of the year where it's just like absolutely not in this time of year it's like that door is cracked a little bit wider there's a little bit of that christmas cheer sprinkling in like motherfucking glitter um and so that allows for those moments of like oh I do want this and maybe this can happen for me. Maybe this can really be my 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 story, you know, and not just like something that happens to someone else while I, you know, continue to wallow in misery. So I read four holiday or uh, Christmas themed, you know, love stories. Um and I really enjoyed all of them. I definitely, at moments, was like, so could I have a a Carson underneath? Like, like, could I get a Carson as a present? Um, And could I get a Will as a present? Tom? Like, could, could, could I have them? Could they show up at my door as a present for the holiday season? Is that asking for too much? Just three fictional characters come to life gracing my door and treating me with love and care and whatnot um of course the universe is like oh girl i mean you know you can read them and enjoy them in the pages of the, the books um but bringing them to life i mean in your imagination sure real real life but i mean if it happens i'm not gonna you know I mean, if it happens, it happens during the Christmas season and it is also a Christmas miracle. Yay! You're like, no, Esther, that's not going to happen. We don't know. We don't know. It may just happen. I might just meet these three men and have a wonderful, wonderful life with them. Then again, you know, Maybe I'll just go back and reread these books time and time again. Because I definitely think that these are going to be um, Christmas rereads um, in the future. I'll be like, ooh, it's Christmas time. Let me go pick up, you know, wrapped up in you or underneath the mistletoe or a virgin river Christmas or Harper and the Christmas date um, and enjoy them because... I really, they felt very, very right. And you know what I also realized? Because they're shorter, right? Novella length. Like, I felt like I could really 
you know, get into it and enjoy it. Um, sometimes longer books, it's hard. You're just like, oh, you know, but these I really, so I recommend all four, um, titles with either their author will be in the show notes. You should get them. You should read them. Um, let me know, um, in, I was going to say in the comments, but girl, there are no comments on, on Spotify and Apple Pocket. Let me know on Twitter or Instagram, <laughs> which I'll also put in the show notes. Like, what are your preferred, like, holiday-themed or Christmas-themed romance novels? Like, which ones have you read and, you know, do you just rave about or, um, that make you just feel, like, warm and at peace and content? Because I... I want to give more of them a shot. Um, I feel like I I haven't given them a fair shake. And I want to to delve more into that. Alright, so that's pretty much all I have for you guys this week. Um, Yeah, that's... yeah. I was like, is there more? Oh, gratitude. Gratitude, latitude. Mm, Yes, yes. Three things I am grateful for this week. Um, okay, so first thing I'm grateful for this week, I am going to be lucky enough to be able to travel home to visit my parents for the holiday season. Me and my brother are driving up to Le Canada and we're going to have to quarantine and that's not exciting, but I will be able to see my parents and I haven't seen them in an entire year. So I'm very grateful that we have this opportunity And that we are able to do this. And of course, I'm, you know, masked up to hell and back, hand sanitizer to hell and back, you know, six feet, social distance, all that jazz. But I mean, it'll be closer than um, through a Google Hangout screen. So I'm really, really thankful for that. The second thing that I am thankful and grateful for um, this week... um, so, I don't remember when I did this. I know it was summertime, but I believe it is Bay Crates had, like, excess stock of stuff that they bought for their crates that they were selling individually. And they had a mermaid tail blanket. And I was like, I'm going to get one. And I remember it arrived, and I like was like, ooh. And then it was, like, burning hot. This is why I know it was summertime, because it was stupid hot. And I was like, I can't even look at this right now because I'm that like, like, I think I like stuck my legs in there and immediately was like, oh my God, I feel like a hundred degrees hotter already and I'm about to faint. Um, well, now that it is cold, I like tuck my legs in there when I'm sitting at my desk and I feel warm and cozy and it is beautiful. Like, like it is knitted and it's like, I'm going to say teal and purple and absolutely so grateful that I saw they were on sale I was able to buy one and I now have this like cozy mermaid tail blanket and it seems like such a small thing but it really makes me feel like warm and happy inside like I just I'm like this feels so nice I really like it I mean, you can judge me. I don't care. It's fine. Judge me all you want. 
because I feel so comfy. Um, <laughs> you're probably like, oh my god, Esther. Um, and then the third thing that I am grateful for this week. So I had to go into my work office this week. I literally had to go to the place, um, which I was like, oh, I'm not really excited about that because, you know, crazy things. But I was like, it's OK. Gotta go. And I was there and I was you know, working really hard, packing up holiday gifting to be sent out. And um, while I was there, I was... I felt really grateful for the fact that I was able to, like, do my work um, in a relatively safe manner. And even though I was, you know, in the office, like, I didn't feel unsafe. There was only two other people there. We all were wearing masks around each other. I mean, the other two people really only took their masks off whenever they had meetings, like video call meetings. And the rest of the time they had their masks on. And I felt really grateful that I worked in a space and in a place with people who are taking these things seriously or making sure, you know, we were all using hand sanitizer, you know, being careful and cautious because we all want to keep each other safe. And I felt really grateful for that because I think that that helps, right? I could be working somewhere where there are people who aren't taking what's going on seriously and are putting others at risk because they just don't care. And that wasn't the case or isn't the case where I work. And, you know, there are times when I get real, real aggravated with the job and I'm just like, it's a pandemic. Why are you having to work? Um, but I am grateful that I am working in a place with people who are also being diligent and cautious and willing to work together to keep each other safe. That really, like, I was like, yes, I'm really, really thankful. So those are, you know, the three things that I was grateful for this week. Um, next week, I have no idea. Oh, if you have a book, a romance novel, or a romance trope that you kind of want to hear about, maybe I haven't mentioned it before, um, trope, book, whatever, please let me know, um, because I'm not sure what I want to do next week. I mean, I don't know. So it's kind of like really open. So hit me up. Tell me. Share with the class. Anyway, take care. Have a wonderful week. Um, drink water because, guys, I'm telling you, being dehydrated, not the business. The other day, my head started hurting and I was like, why? And I was like, because I haven't had any water. And I was like, God damn it. Um, drink the water. Ooh, moisturize. I know about y'all, but now with like the heat on, the radiator, whatever, I get so much, like I feel drier so much faster. So moisturize, moisturize, moisturize moisturize guys you don't want to be all itchy because your skin dry you don't want that it's not good it's no bueno so thank you for listening and i will speak to you guys next week bye